Hello and welcome to this soundbite from our second episode of our Construction Law Masters podcast series. This episode featured David Barry, delay expert and founder of BlackRock Expert Services. I am James Doe, partner at Herbert Smith Freehills and head of the contentious construction engineering practice in London. As part of my conversation with David, we discussed his views on the latest trends and developments in dispute resolution. I hope you enjoy this podcast. For access to this and the other podcasts, articles and blog pieces on construction law and practice, please type into your browser www.hsfnotes.com backslash construction. Moving to sort of recent trends and developments in the industry, I'm sure we could agree that clients are becoming increasingly frustrated about the formal dispute resolution process, be it litigation, arbitration, and that's given rise to things like dispute board, the more pop, you know the popularity of dispute boards, adjudication, uh, whether it be statutory adjudication or contractual adjudication, um, and other methods of avoiding formal disputes. Um, what role do you think experts can or should play in these less formal dispute resolution methods, um, such as dispute boards and mediation? I mean, do you do you think it's a good thing to bring a dis- an expert into those into those processes? Or do you think it's best to leave them out? Um, I, I definitely think it's um, it, it's a good idea to include experts. Um, the, the the particular reason I say that is the 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 last step in any dispute resolution process is probably the arbitration hearing or the litigation in court, and that will be presided over by probably if it's arbitration three senior lawyers. Some might have some engineering background as well, but generally three senior lawyers. Or if it's in court, it's likely to be one very senior lawyer. Um, And so replicating the earlier stage of dispute resolution, uh, like in a DAB, for instance, with three senior lawyers, to me, seems a bit of a waste. Um, There's a, a far greater opportunity at that stage to introduce other experience, practical and technical, to work alongside a lawyer, certainly, as I mentioned earlier, you always want a lawyer involved, I think, for, for procedural and legal issues. But um, to to get the benefit of some technical input into the on-site DAB or mediation type um, resolution process um, would be advantageous, not least because if you do have to go on from that, you're presenting to a different tribunal, which I think is better than just repeating what you've already done. And what's your view of um, tribunal-appointed experts or dispute board-appointed experts? So obviously the traditional approach is that each party hires their own delay expert uh, and that that expert presents their opinion and the tribunal determines what the outcome is, who's right, who's wrong. Um, In some some cases, uh, tribunals are keen to have their own expert on board. Have you had any experience of that and what's your view of that? Yeah, I mean, I've I've acted as a tribunal-appointed expert um, on some arbitrations. Um, I've I've never seen a DAB, either um, one where I've been a a tribunal member or I've been as an expert in front of one that has had a tribunal appointed. Um, But in every case, there was a technical or at at least one technical person on on the panel. So the... The requirement for uh, someone to help interpret what they're hearing is probably less for a DAB. Tribunals, those those three senior lawyers, will oftentimes um, 
look to a tribunal appointed expert to assist with understanding the evidence, particularly where it's clear to them that the two expert witnesses that are you know been employed by by either side are are like ships that cross in the night um, and are so far apart and they're struggling to understand why such diverse approaches have been taken and they'll often use a tribunal appointed expert. Um, the danger in that process of course is that the tribunal should never delegate their responsibilities and decision making to that to that tribunal appointed expert um, but really should use them to um, help with the interpretation of, of what they're hearing. Moving on to the selection of experts, um, usually experts are appointed um, by law firms and those law firms may have lists of um, experts they've worked with in the past or heard about who have got a good reputation. And obviously there's, um, there's nothing like a good word of mouth, the spreading of, 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 of um you know, the spreading of the you know knowledge about experts and who's done a good job and who hasn't done a good job. Um, what are your views on the creation of a certification scheme or a register of expert witnesses, um, things like the witness expert witness institute and um, and things like that? You know, academy of experts. What, what's your view on maybe bringing that to the fore and 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 making every expert who wishes to testify pass some sort of exam or at least uh, some sort of test be assessed by their contemporaries um, as being a, a true expert in the field? Mm, I've, you know, I, I, I'll treat that suggestion with serious caution. Um, my concern is that um, there, there, are, there are quite a few publications in circulation at the moment which provide lists or indeed rankings of experts. Um, and, uh, you know, those require membership um, I, I would say that some of them you can enhance your position in the ranking table if you're prepared to take an ad or um, to uh, pay for a extensive profile of yourself. So I would look at that type of um, list or ranking with with a degree of scepticism. Um, and I'm I'm aware of um, you know one very well renowned um, publication that that goes around at the moment referring to experts and there are people on that list um, who, um, you know, uh, I know I know people who are on there who don't act as experts and they're identified as experts. I know people who've been terminated on projects for performance who are identified as global leaders. Um, so I'd be quite concerned about that type of thing. That said, I think the, the entities you've mentioned, it may well be that they're prepared to... Um, uh, they'll be they'll be able to provide some degree of standard or assessment, albeit it's it's very intangible and of course it can change with one um, award, uh, as we know. So it'd be a difficult thing to get people certified, assessed, and keep it up to date. Um, that would be quite difficult indeed. So you're probably saying actually the method that's being used now, which is word of mouth, uh, law firms' ex own experiences, uh, perhaps law firms talking to each other as they do about how different um, experts have performed. That's probably a, a working model. It works quite well. No need to change it. Um, no need to sort of formalise it. 
Yeah, I think I think it works quite well. It can be frustrating um, for for the people of us who are providing those services because you're just not known about by some people. And um, a large problem with this is, of course, is that um, the great majority of disputes in the construction engineering world are heard in arbitration, which is private. So um, you don't really get. Um, um, you tend to have a lot of times the same experts working for the same lawyers. Um, which isn't great, I think. Um, and um, I, I think um, if there was a hybrid system, if the lawyers were prepared to share inf- information with each other, that would be very useful. But they're generally not. <laughs> each of the lawyers has their own list, you know. So, the, um, so the word of mouth is good, um, but possibly not as effective as as, uh, as it could be.